Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome to the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, presented by BetMGM. I am Dave Ross. He is Michael Lombardi. And, Michael, I always look forward to the Wednesday show. Not that I don't look forward to the other shows, but I do always enjoy picking your brain when it comes to NFL. And you, sir, have gotten so big that VEASAN, because of the Lombardi Line and the success of the show, we are expanding. A very another uh, exciting step in the growth of VEASAN. We can now be heard 24-7 on 9.20 a.m. on WGNU in St. Louis, so we welcome everybody in the Lou watching and listening today, Michael. Uh, first of all, the last couple of days have been a little bit crazy. You really haven't had any time off. I understand that because when we have breaking news in the NFL, we always have to ask you about it. But I do want to get your thoughts initially on Monday night because I haven't heard them yet. And I'm hearing a lot of talk now that when you look and see what Lamar Jackson did, and it was historic right now, right? What you saw Monday night. And I know that the MVP odds, Josh Allen has moved to the top. Lamar's right there. Patrick Mahomes kind of slipping down a little bit. I just wondered your thoughts on Lamar Jackson overall, what you saw Monday night and where you put him in the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks. I think he's really on the tip of the iceberg. I think if they would put his butt under center and not get him out of that damn shotgun all the time (laughs) and let him run boots and nakeds, and let him utilize his skills as a, as, a, as a movement player. I think what you saw in that game, David, early in that game for three quarters, you saw a playoff-type game, how teams defense, defend Lamar. And it was, it was terrible. I mean, it was like, what happened? What's, what's going on with Lamar? You know, and they didn't do a good job. And then you finally saw him come out of it, and he was able to – he only threw six incomplete passes in the game. <laughs> like, you know, we talk about let Russ cook – let Lamar get under center. Let him run some play action. Let him run some boots. I mean, the guy can throw the ball. I've seen this before. Bobby Petrino did it with Louisville with him. I keep saying it all the time. I think they hinder him by, by taking him and making him into this RPO-type quarterback. Now, look, I know I'm complaining the guy threw for 442 yards, right? <laughs> you know, so I'm nitpicking here. But I think, I, I, think he's, I think he's just touched the tip of the iceberg. I think he could be better than what he was. I think we don't have to go through three quarters. Look, that game was a trifecta of how to lose, how to lose a game, yep. right? How to lose a game. And, and, and they hit, and the trifecta hit, miss an extra point, miss two field goals. Boom, there's your try. And that's how you get back in games. 
I wonder, Michael, do, are you under the theory, and I've heard people say this before, that sometimes you lose more games in the NFL than you actually win? And to your point, kind of the Colts on Monday night lost that game as much as the Ravens came back and, and won it. Because, you know, the old stereotype with Lamar Jackson and, and, you know, John Harbaugh and the Ravens was they can't come back. They're a front runner, right? Well, now right, that we're right. starting to see them come back in some of these games, like the Lions game. They should never they had no business winning that game, I don't think. And I don't know that they had much of, of a business of winning Monday night. If they start to be able to figure that out, Michael, this could be a dangerous football team. You know, I think this. I think that when you go back and watch the Lions game, Hollywood Brown was probably more responsible for that game being closer than it was. Right. He had two, five drops in the game. They really would, that, that offense could have kicked into gear in that game. This game, I don't think they had any business winning, really, because, again, it's the trifecta. you got to miss an extra point. you got to miss two makeable free th- field goals that you should easily make. Now, I know the kicker had a bad hip. I get all that, right? You know, and, and, and the timeout called before, you know, the missed field goal before. But I, I just think, to me, I just really think Baltimore could be, by coming back and scoring 16 points in the fourth and then six in the overtime, demonstrates that they do have a better passing game than what they've had before. And it's not just a middle-of-the-field passing game, which what we saw when they had Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. Now with Watkins and with Hollywood catching the ball on the outside, they can make some plays. And look, I've always felt Lamar was a quarterback. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've always felt that. I've always felt he had the ability to make plays. He's a unique player. He's a difference maker with his feet. And that arm is incredible. That arm is, and it's more accurate. He's going to have some of the dirt. I get it. Is he going to be? A, is he going to throw six incompletions? No chance that I think that would. But, but he still. You have to defend the width and the length of the field. And if he were under center, Dave, if he were under center, and you had to defend him on boots and nakeds like they do with Baker Mayfield, he could be even more disruptive. Okay, here's my thing now, and, and I don't get them all right, Michael. I probably get much more wrong than I do right. But when he came out. In that draft at Louisville, and I believe he was the last player taken in the first round of that draft class, right? I was thinking then he would have been the first quarterback I would have taken. I know th- people thought I was right. crazy. Now, I don't think I got that right because Josh Allen was also in that draft. But if you could go back now as an executive and redraft just the quarterback position, how, how would you kind of go? Would you go Allen over Jackson or Jackson over Allen? Well, I, I mean, I would have – I said this at the time. I thought that John Dorsey made a huge mistake. I would have never taken Baker Mayfield one. Right. I, I said this from the beginning. I would have taken Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson. I would have taken two two players at the one and four. I would have taken Chubb as the first pick, get a defensive end to pair against to, – to go with Miles Garrett. And then I would have traded back in the first to get Lamar. I, I was on record as saying that. And I'm with you. I would never. I got. I'll be for, perfectly honest with you. I never thought Josh Allen could improve his accuracy. I was a staunch believer in that inaccurate stays inaccurate. Mm. He's proven me wrong. He's proven me wrong. But to me, there was no debate about Lamar for me. I was. I because I had seen Lamar. My son was the tight end coach at Louisville. I watched Lamar play against Texas A&M. I, I'll take you through the whole. So Lamar, his. I want to say it's his redshirt freshman season. They had a quarterback there, and they had Lamar. And Bobby was kind of rotating the two players. And I kept telling my son, just play the other kid. At least he can run the offense. Lamar's too inconsistent, you know. And then they played Texas A&M in in the Music City Bowl in Nashville. And Lamar was wow. (laughs) It was wow, right? It was wow. And that next year, he comes back to Louisville and wins the Heisman. I mean, they're going to beat Clemson in Clemson if the if college football has changed on both sides of the field like we do in the NFL. The, the receiver ran out of bounds in the Clemson game on the left hash mark. He thought he had the first down. He didn't realize it wasn't a first down. So for me, I mean, I've seen him throw the football. I've seen him under center. So I was never a doubter. I, I can honestly say I tried to convince Coach Belichick to take him. Mm. And Brady was still there. And, you know, coach, they felt like it was going to be too hard. Brady's still playing. How do you run the offense? All that. I mean, the guy that deserves all the credit for this, all the credit for this is Steve Bashotti of the Ravens. He, he, everybody's going to take credit for it. Everybody. Okay. <laughs> Bashotti's sitting there at the bottom of the first round and says, let's just trade up to get this guy. Now, you know, everybody's hands up today. There was not a lot of hands up then. And they traded up and they made a great move. And give them credit for it. But this guy was uniquely talented and people just nitpicked on him. 
He didn't have an agent coming out in the draft. His mama was doing it, which made it harder. You know, he didn't run a 40. Did you really need to see him run a 40? I mean, really, Dave, did you need to see him run no, a 40? No. Just right fast next to the 40. Right fast. Like, right real fast. Right. Like, right real F fast, right? You know, like, you could write those three words. Like, fast, you know? I mean, I, I can remember Bill Walsh said when somebody was complaining about not getting a 40 on somebody, and, and Walsh looked at him and said, seriously? Yeah, he right. doesn't have... It's you crazy. Know. Well, Michael, when you look at the MVP odds, and this is what you know, we showed him there, and, and I want to show you again. I see Lamar Jackson at twenty-five to one, and I go, "What am I missing here?" I, and look, I know Kyler you're Murray. Miss, was, I mean, right? I mean, you're not missing anything because if that defense doesn't get any better, and I love Don Martindale, but he's trying to do it with band aids back there. Right? He's not getting the rush that he can, that he that he's capable of getting. And he and his best, they think this the 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 average kid is. You know, he they went right after him. I mean, Indy went right after him. They attacked him left and right. I mean, they were going to say to him, okay, here we go. Let's get after this, right? Mm. And, and I think that and I think that was the problem. You know, I, I mean, uh, you know, Avert's got to prove he can do it. They've moved Jimmy Smith into safety as a nickel safety. Their, their corner situation is very tenuous other than Humphrey. And I think that's what we saw. This is going to be a challenge this week. They, got, they have – the Chargers coming in. I mean, you know, when you're lacking corners and you have the Chargers coming in, he might have to employ the rope-a-dope that he did against Kansas City. We'll dare you to run it. We'll dare you to run it. We'll dare you to run it. The rope-a-dope is the new defense against Kansas City. It might have to be the new defense for the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, we're going to talk about that game in greater detail. And, again, obviously, when you have the, the Monday night and you got the shorter week, and I know the Chargers are coming across country in the West Coast, East Coast thing, but I'm kind of with you there. I look at it and I go, hey, this this Ravens team might be a, a good overplay going forward for a while here because you're right about the defense. They just don't seem to be able to stop anybody. And until they do, Lamar's going to have to keep doing what Lamar did, as we saw on Monday night, to your point, Michael. And I think those MVP odds at 25 to 1, that's as good a value as you're going to get if you're a Lamar Jackson backer. I would hop on that today. I mean, you know Allen's going to get it, right? You know Allen's going to – because if Buffalo gets there, it's going to be Allen, right? So mm -hmm. he's going to be hard to beat. But Lamar, you know, Lamar and, – and we know this. Voting is done. The voting is done before the playoff games. So don't let that weigh into your thinking. But I think you take a shot on Lamar at 25 to 1. I wouldn't take a shot on Kyler Murray. Why? Because I don't know if Kyler Murray can stay healthy for 17 yeah. games. I think we saw a little bit of him getting dinged last week, and it affected him. Yeah, no question. I'm right there with you on Kyler Murray, and I said it uh, before they won last week's game. They remained the last un unbeaten team in the NFL. Just the way he gets hit back there, I'm with you on that. Allen is, is built like a truck, and he just doesn't take those shots that Kyler Murray's taking. Uh, I do like Tom Brady. Still a little bit of value, plus 650 with all the records he's going to break. But it just it just stuck out to me when I saw Lamar Jackson. And Dak Prescott sticks out, and Justin Herbert sticks out. I mean, look, those are good odds. Yeah. At 650 to 1, you know, at 6.5 to 1, at Herbert 6.5 to 1. I mean, look, if they go back into Baltimore this week and Herbert wins there and they go 5-1, and one, you know, this guy is sensational. I mean, this guy is sensational. You know what's interesting? Who's not on that list? Baker Mayfield. <laughs> and then let me ask you this. Is Baker Mayfield worth paying $43 million? He's not even on that list. No, sir. Not not, not in my pocketbook. I'm not paying that kind not of money. Not in my pocketbook for either. Absolutely not. Not in my pocketbook. This is why I love the Monday show, or the Wednesday show, rather, catching up with Michael Lombardi. We got Steve Mackinan. We got Rick Doc Walker. We got Lou Finicaro. And we got Scott Smith. It's going to be a great two hours. Don't go anywhere. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> 
I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. season is here. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. Open up account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back here on the Lombardi Line, I am Dave Ross, and I mentioned we've got a fantastic lineup today. In just a little bit, Steve Mackinan is going to join us from Point Spread Weekly. He's one of our editors, does a great job crunching numbers for you to get the edge before you make your wagers. Cannot wait to have Rick Doc Walker back in the program talking all things D.C. What's going on with that defense? Michael and I will explore with the D.O.C. We've got Lou Finicaro joining us in the next hour. Of course, we're going to talk NFL and hit some UFC. Got another fight card this weekend. See if we can sneak in more winners from Lou. And Scotty Smith, my buddy down there in Tampa who covers the Buccaneers. Of course, the Bucks back in action tomorrow night against the Philadelphia Eagles. But, Michael, I did want to talk about ATS. And right now, there is only one. I know the Arizona Cardinals are undefeated. But really, yes. in our world... There's only one undefeated team. Only one. The Cowboys. There we How go. About them boys? It's just those Cowboys right now, Michael. And here's the worry for me as a Cowboy fan. If you want to start backing financially those Cowboys, because you know it's going to switch. I know earlier in the year, Vegas, and I don't think people really respected... Uh, certainly against the line, uh, the Cowboys. And now you know how this works with public money. I wonder if it's going to start becoming time to fade the Cowboys. When you look at them now starting off 5-0, and oh, boy, they've been dynamic. And I get it. And you go, boy, it's hard to bet against them right now. But here we go. We're going to start seeing bigger numbers associated with these teams. And by the way, all those teams up on your board, Michael, they're really good. What do you make of these early season starts, at least against the spread, when you're trying to get an edge betting on good football teams? Well, I think, you know, what you have to do is obviously in your power rankings, you've got to look at them as a whole. And last week, you know, when we were talking about Buffalo, my numbers said take the Bills, no doubt. But I was concerned about the strength of schedule with the Bills, right? I was concerned that they really hadn't played anybody going into Kansas City. They proved me wrong. This week, the numbers are so significantly different between my numbers and the books numbers on the Tennessee game. I mean, book. Buffalo's power ranking in my way is significant. Mm. And same thing because the numbers, you know, now we've had five games of data, Dave, and we can really hone in on what is true and, you know, what quarterbacks have you faced and what's the strength of your schedule that leads you to these numbers, you know, and, and I think that that's one of the ways you have to look at it. And, I, you know, when you take, for example, Dallas has opened up, opened up uh, with New England, you know, and, and I'm thinking – 
you know, I don't do guess the lines like Gil does with Chrissy Andrews, which is a great show everybody should listen to on Monday. But my initial, what I try to do with the great Bill Berman is on Sunday night, we kind of kick it around. And I thought that would be an open up at five, five and a half, six, you know, under a touchdown. But, you know, the Patriots haven't played well. You know, it was six and a half when they, it was seven when they hosted the Bucks, mm. right? And then I thought, well, okay, five and a half might be right. It opens at two and it gets immediately bet to four. You know, and then when I run my numbers yesterday on my day, a supposed day off, uh, <laughs> my numbers come in at 3.18. You know, and so, like, you know, for me, that's a that's really not a bet game because for me, it's too close that the variance is one point is 1.95. And those variances, I like them to be a little bit larger than 195 to recommend it. So, especially on that. Now, there's circumstances. Like, for example, you know, the Rams playing the Giants this week. We talk about strength of schedule as it relates to these teams. So I have the Rams should be favored by a touchdown. But, you know, the line's seven, so that should be an easy play to the Giants. Well, if Daniel Jones is playing, it could be. Right. But if it's not playing, now it's down to nine and a half. It opened to ten, it moved to nine and a half. Right? Is Daniel Jones going to play? Is he not going to play? You know, how do you bet that? So you have to kind of massage these things as you go through. And I think your point is, will there be an adjustment on the Cowboys? I think there's probably going to be as we go forward. No team is going to not, is going to cover every spread. No question. I look at the Packers very quickly because remember the uh, atrocity that was week one against New Orleans, right? Well, they just get absolutely, you know, way wasted uh, there against the Saints. And now they've come back and they've not only won four in a row, they've covered Four in a row. And so, to me, this is going to be an interesting spot against the Bears. And the Bears now, looks like the defense is is back to being the Bears. So, I wonder what your initial thoughts are on this game Sunday. Because, you know, I've I've had people in in different sides of my ear here. One on one shoulder saying, pound the Bears because their defense is back. And the other one saying, boy, this number is is just too small. Too low. You've got to take 12 in the Packers. too small. Right. It looks too small to me, right? But then you look at the Bears defensively, and you know that they've given up, that they've have 18 sacks. They're, one of the best, they're the best pass rushing team in the National Football League. With Quinn showing up this year, he didn't show up last year. He's here, he's back this year to go along with Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack played a game that you just know that he was looking across the field at Gruden and say, <laughs> "Oh yeah, you want to trade me? Go ahead, trade me. Go ahead, see how that works out for you." You know, has anybody revisited that trade? As, mm. as they kind of went with the picks that they paid for Mac and what the Raiders got. Maybe one of the worst trades. Gruden as a general manager will go down as one of the worst general managers in all of football. I've said that before he took the job, and now that he's no longer in the job, I'll continue to say it. He he did he's not a general manager. Not a general manager. And he's not going to have that opportunity to do it any longer. But the fact here is simply this is is are the Bears can they rush against this this Packer? Can they put pressure on him? Can they create some problems? Because here's what I do know. It's going to be a little harder to run the ball on the Packers, even though the Packers give up 4.3 yards per carry, than it is than they ran the ball last week against the Raiders. The Raiders played uninspired. They, they were uninspired. They, You know, 38 carries for 107. I mean, they were just uninspired. They never got control of the game. with it. They, they looked like a team that didn't like their head coach. And so, and then he was ousted. And so I think really now, you, you know, can the Packers put pressure on to make Justin Fields play in the game like the Browns did? And if you think that, you got to play the Packers. Absolutely. If you think that they can run the ball on Green Bay and keep it close, I don't. I, I think the Packers will block them, and I think you can attack the secondary. And I know from my last eight years being in Chicago, whenever 12 comes to town, bad things just seem to happen to the home team, so I'm kind of with you on that. Uh, backing the Packers in that spot. When you look at some of the worst teams ATS here, three really stick out. Look, I, I, I said at the beginning of the year, and I, I know you concurred, you got a rookie quarterback and you got a rookie head coach in Jacksonville. You want to fade the Jags. I think that's been profitable for you. Uh, the surprises to me, the Jets are not a surprise here that they're on this list. It's the Chiefs. It's the Washington football team. We'll have Rick Doc Walker on next hour. And it's the 49ers. And I look at this yeah. and I go, wow, you know, Kyle Shanahan, who also, you know, had in D.C. when he was the O.C. for his dad. This surprises me that they can't seem to figure it out. What's the biggest surprise that you see on this board? You know, somebody texted me yesterday uh, and I haven't researched this. This is just somebody. Do you realize that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch together 
since they've arrived in San Francisco. This partnership is 7-28 and 28 without Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, no. Whoa, I, it's right. Yeah, did not know that. And, and that's stunning because yeah, they can't wait to, to, to make Trey Lance the quarterback. They can't wait to make him the quarterback, even though he's not a quarterback. He's a jugs machine that runs. I mean, that's what he is. He throws the ball so hard. I mean, who can catch it? I mean, he's going to dislocate more fingers. I mean, he, he only knows one speed. I, I said this on Gil's show before I came on. I mean, like, I want to know all those people that said that Lance was better than Garoppolo this summer. I, like, I want to see it. And I want to see it. Like, and you remember it to me. Like, really? And you remember when they asked Jimmy about who's going to be the starting quarterback, and he had that wry smile. He he, he, right. He's he like, laughed. are you kidding me to play quarterback in this league right now? And this isn't a knock on Trey Lance. He's just not ready. No, it's not. Right. It's just not. He's not ready at all. It's not even close to being ready. You know? And so uh, I, I'm not surprised by the 49ers being so bad against the spread, considering that they're 7-28 and without Garoppolo in the game. It, it, Michael, this is what always fascinates me, and it's kind of the chicken or the egg theory here. I, I get it if you're uh, you've, you drafted a young quarterback like say Zach Wilson in New York, and you don't have a guy in the roster that can help you win games right now. So you play the kid, and you take the the lumps and the growing pains. But when you have a guy like Jimmy G, who's at least serviceable, whatever you want to say about Jimmy G, he took a team to a Super Bowl. Right. I mean, like everybody says, like he's some pedestrian guy. He won. They went. Look, they have a ten point lead in the Super Bowl. Jimmy G wasn't on the field on third and 18 when they throw the over route to Tyreek Hill. Jimmy wasn't on the field on third and 10 from the, from the 15 that they get the pass interference call in the end zone. Like, he wasn't on the field for either one of those two plays, but nobody wants to talk about those two plays. Those two plays single-handedly cost them the game. No question about it. And, again, it gets back to, I understand in Chicago, if they want to turn it over to Justin Fields, even though I don't think he's ready yet either, you don't look at Andy Dalton as a long-term solution. Jimmy G, you could still get good football out of Jimmy G, and if you play complimentary football, you end up back in a Super Bowl. That's a great point, Dave. This line, to me, this Packer line, is more about Dalton being the quarterback than it is Fields. Yeah, no question about it. All right, Michael, we've got much more to get to here on the Lombardi line. Steve Mackinan is going to join us after the break. And, Michael, i got to be honest with you, I look at his numbers. I'm not that smart, so I'm glad he's here to explain some of his. I I was looking at him this morning, too. I need to know the strength of schedule stuff. I know. We're going to dive deeper into that when you come back with us. Right here, it's the Lombardi line. On Visa, the Sports Betting Network. For all the action this NBA season with the VEASAN basketball betting experts. Grab your copy, rather, of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide now with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts include Jonathan Von Tobel, provides strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe back here on the Lombardi line. I am Dave Ross. He is Michael Lombardi. And it's always great to have Steve Mackinnon from Point Spread Weekly, our editor here at VEASAN, to break down the numbers, Steve. And this week, as I alluded to with Michael, you, you're a very astute guy with these numbers. And sometimes I need you to explain them to the layman like me here. When you look at something like teams with effective yards per play, that their stats are better than their perceived strength. So you had a couple, five teams listed here, and I wanted to talk about one in specific, and that is Michigan State. Because when I see them pop up, Steve, on your list here, and the difference here that you have is plus nine for Sparty, explain what that means and what those numbers denote. Yeah, so what what I do, guys, is I uh, take a team's uh, schedule that they've played, uh, take how many yards per play they've gained against how much an opponent allows. And I come up with, if you want to call it an effective yard. So uh, the weaker the schedule uh, a team plays, if they if they blow that team out, it's not as, as important or on my effective numbers as it would be, let's say, uh, Arkansas, who has been playing very well against a tough schedule. Uh, their their yards are, have been good, you know, in there, and but they're playing a very tough schedule. So that makes their effective yardage even better. Now, Michigan State's a very similar situation. Uh, they played uh, about an average schedule, but their yards uh, and the yards per play against the teams they played have been way better than what, than what odds makers uh, maybe are perceiving them to be on power ratings right now. 
So, Steve, when you look at these, and then do you adjust these numbers into their power rankings as a way? Like, uh, that's one of the hard things for me, what I try to do on my power rankings, is how do I adjust this, the prior schedule? I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at your NFL power, your scheduling adjustments. Like, do you adjust it into the number, or, or is it already booked in in terms of when you're going through how you align your teams? Okay, well, I do adjust them, and I, I take – uh, serious uh, these things into play seriously, but you cannot over adjust these things. Otherwise, you get fictitious numbers, and odds odds makers can't do that either. They can't put Michigan State at a 64 level power rating now, that which will be 10 points better than how they perceive them, because they'd get one sided action on that. So it's a fine balance. Right. Uh, uh, it, it does. If Michigan State continues to play the way they're doing, it does lend a lot of value to the better. However. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm seeing here, Steve, when I look at your numbers here. And again, I think the two that do stand out, and you've mentioned the Michigan State and Arkansas, but but what about Texas Tech? Because that's not a team that I've watched a lot of football of this year, and obviously, clearly, you have with these numbers. What do you make of them? Because, you know, in the Big 12, I think they're they're kind of a school that is an afterthought here. Can you get good value knowing, to your point, that they're playing better schedules and getting more effective yards? So in my opinion, the jury's still out here on Texas Tech. They've been obliterated by two teams uh, defensively. TCU and Texas ran all over them. I think they had 730 yards rushing in those two games uh, alone. So I'm not sure we can make a definitive judgment on on their second quarterback as well, although they haven't really dropped off much offensively. I think... I'd like to see a couple more games out of the out of the Red Raiders before I make a definitive judgment on them. Let's go. Let's shift to the NFL. And and you have Buffalo is Buffalo is. So I'm reading this correct. Are they had the hardest schedule or the easiest schedule or the or the points per play? How does you, how do you come up with this one in the NFL? Okay, so second easiest schedule so far. That's the 31st. Uh, the ironic thing about that is. Kansas City is a team that was deemed to have the easiest schedule in the league at the outset of the season. So far to this point, according to my numbers, they're number two in the toughest schedule. So uh, very interesting there. Uh, Buffalo is obviously playing very well. Uh, Their effective strength number on mine is first in the league. It's uh, actually almost two points better than any other team right now. And in terms of their recent rating on my strength, they're, they're almost... 10 points better than any other team. So Buffalo looking pretty darn good right now. Steve, let's stay right there and with my, the Bills. And, and Miami's had the hardest schedule, right? Is that how I'm reading this? Uh, yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, Steve, very quickly to that in about the Bills, because Michael and I were talking about them a little bit. Obviously, Josh Allen right now, the favorite to win the MVP. So when you have your adjusted numbers here with their strength of schedule and what they're doing per play, they're not a public team as of yet, but I feel like they're getting closer and closer to that. How do you kind of marry those two things in with your number when you look at week in, week out basis here for the Bills? Because after that public display, that annihilation of the Chiefs uh, on Sunday Night Football, I got to think now public betters are going to start backing them. When is it that those numbers that you're laying out for us are not going to match the public betting them up? So the one category on my chart that you want to be looking at around the strength ratings is that 2021 betters rating. So that is a market rating. So that is basically I take what the market is looking at according to the teams that they've played and and uh, quantify that. So their minus 4.1 rating and that makes them a 4.1 point favorite and a neutral field over an average NFL football team. Now, if you look at the team that's first on that, it's still Kansas City. Uh, 8.3. So Kansas City is still the most public team. So there's still some room to grow here yet for Buffalo before they become an official, if you want to call it an official public team. So I I think it moved a little bit this week, about maybe a half point or so from that win uh, of what I had them uh, previously at Tennessee on Monday night. But I still think there's room for people to take advantage of the Bills. And and as we look further down the road, what do you – so when you're looking at the schedule, so I'm understanding this, do you count where they're going in terms of the teams, and does that get adjusted based on injuries and other factors? Because, I mean, if you're playing Green Bay and they don't have Aaron Rodgers, mm. that strength of schedule has got to come way down, right? Absolutely. Now, uh, 
that's the tricky thing about this. I, I actually do log every single game uh, in, in all the sports that we cover and I have strength ratings for, and I make adjustments for players that have missed or not. So the strength of schedule numbers you see there right now, they take into account how they played that team at that particular time, uh, how that team is, I guess, uh, viewed strength-wise now, and as well as where the game was played. So it, it, uh, it's it's a complicated process, but uh, there's a lot of work that goes into it to benefit readers. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you get, you got to listen and, and uh, read Steve Mackin at Point Spread Weekly. Uh, Steve, I do want to get back to college very quickly, if I can, gentlemen, because a couple teams stood out on the opposite end of the spectrum. Teams with the uh, the least effective, uh, the worst than their perceived strength here. And a couple that jumped out to me, well, the one that really jumped out to me is the number two team in the country right, right now in Iowa. So, Steve, when you look at this and you go, does that tend to make me believe that at least offensively they're a bit of a facade here at number two? And I know right now they, they barely covered it against Penn State, but they, they still cashed that ticket last Saturday. When you see Iowa on this list, should this be a caution and a red flag for betters out there? 1,000% agree. <laughs> <laughs> this team has the top turnover differential in the country right now. Uh, their effective yards per play statistics actually show them as a team that should be ranked around the 55 to 60 range uh, in, in terms of how they do on each play. So they're they're getting things done. They're winning maybe the, the Iowa way. But uh, if you look ahead in their schedule and you see a game maybe like Wisconsin, that team might be an underdog. That's a strange deal for a number two team in the country to to be looking at that against a team that, right now is not playing very good football in Wisconsin. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, in my opinion, uh, the worst is yet to come probably for Iowa. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I think you're right, Steve. I think you got to – Iowa just – don't the Maryland game, uh, all these turnovers, sometimes it takes a little bit that goes the other way. I, I think you got to look at Iowa on a single-game basis and dismiss what they've done up to this part because it's going to flip. Yeah, no question about it. And even to, to the point here, Steve, when you look at Boise State, right, they come off that huge upset against BYU. People are going to start going, oh, Boise State's pretty good. But then when you go into the numbers that you have there, they're the worst team in the country uh, on your board here. So, again, if people read this, and they should every week, that's the type of information that can make you cash because I know now people are going to go, oh, recent bias, they must be pretty good because they beat BYU, but your numbers say otherwise. Yeah, they're the worst team in the country right now in terms of how their actual yardage uh, stacks up against how betters and the odds in the betting market perceive them to be. So uh, this team's not the gritty team it's been in the past where you like you think of that Oklahoma State game. That's a game that team probably would have won in the past. Uh, this team under Andy Avalos this year just doesn't seem to have that same type of feel to it. So uh, be careful with them going forward. And that's why we have Steve Mackinnon here to break down these numbers because, Michael, you, I, can't, I can't always figure this out. Me either. Follow him on Twitter, <laughs> at Steve Mackinnon. Always a pleasure to have Steve on the program. When we come back, which division is going to represent the NFL in the Super Bowl? We'll tell you when you come back with us right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. 
Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Get your payout before the game's out with BetMGM. Place a money line wager on any Thursday night football game, and if your team is up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. That's a full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to BetMGM account and opt in each week to Thursday night halftime payout promotion. Want to keep things rolling? We'll try BetMGM's extensive live betting options in the third quarter or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. New to BetMGM? We'll download the app and see how you can turn halftime into cash time. Make a money line bet on Thursday night, and if your team is up by 10 or more, you're going to win at the half. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, opt-in required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Pennsylvania. Back here on the Lombardi Line, I am Dave Ross. Joined alongside the man himself, Michael Lombardi. And, Michael, I was looking at these odds here to represent yeah. the AFC in the Super Bowl. Now, mm-hmm. some of these are tricky to me because you say on the surface, well, just pick the thing you think is going to go to the Super Bowl and you bet that division. But it's not necessarily that easy because you look at the AFC West and the favorite to come out of the AFC is not in the AFC West. But yet, they are the smallest favorite here when you're breaking it down by division because I think what the gambling public is trying to tell you is they have more options to get to the Super Bowl, be it the Chiefs yeah. who look dead right now. Chargers look good. I don't know if you're still back in the Raiders or the Broncos at this point, but the East at plus 210, where the Bills are now the favorite to come out and represent the AFC, they're plus 210. How do you analyze those numbers based on division? Well, I mean, the West certainly, you know, I mean, can they cancel each other out? I think these good teams do. I think that they'll get a bunch of teams in this in this thing. I mean, the Chargers, how do you keep them out of it? I think their defense has proved that they're better. Uh, you know, the way they play, the style they play. You know, for me, I would take a shot. I think the team that's kind of is three and two, that might be the best team in the AFC of the Browns. Ooh. They could easily be undefeated. They could easily be undefeated. I mean, they let that game slip away from them in Los Angeles. You know, they should have won that game. They had a lead. They had a chance to put the game away, and they messed up the they messed up the time. And then they had, what, did they have an 11-point lead in Kansas City earlier in the season and just let that slip away? They could easily be 5-0. and oh. Now, I know the Chargers are 4-1, and one, but the Chargers could have easily lost the Browns game, and, you know, they could have won the Cowboy game. You know, the Chief game, they turned it over. But I think the Browns, I, I might take a shot at the Browns to go because I think they're better on defense I think if Garrett continues to rush and their ability to run the ball, you know, how about how about your boy Urban Meyer? He's the best, right? <laughs> he said he wants to have a team that rushes for 250 and throws for 250. There's only been 48 teams in the NFL that have ever done that. The Jaguars have never done it. That's how out of touch he is with the National Football League. You know, I want to have an t- offense that runs for 250 and throws for two. Hey, Urban. Like, we've only had 48 of them in the history of the league, okay? There's only been 48 games that that's happened in. Like, know your history, right? <laughs> but I think the Browns can run the ball. I don't know how I got on that subject, how the Browns I, I can run though. the ball and throw the ball. I mean, seriously, like, that's where I think, and as weather changes and the gales of November come early here and we're starting to see some shifts. Remember, this time last year, 
weather changed in Cleveland. Remember those three really windy games in Cleveland? Yeah. That, you know, that the Browns beat the Raiders. They lost to the Raiders. Or beat, I think they lost to the Raiders. But there were two of those three games. The wind was howling. Let me just get here. I know Patrick's the expert on weather, so I'm stepping on his toes. <laughs> it's supposed to be 60 degrees, but, but, but in Cleveland at 405, 19-mile-an-hour winds coming off the off there. Well. Michael, it's not I'm with affect you. Herbert at all. It's not going to affect him. He'll throw the he'll throw the thing through a he'll he's Superman. He'll throw it the, the, through a speeding train. So it's not going to bother him. I'm with you though. If you if you, unless you're just locked in on the Bills to take the AFC East at plus two ten, it feels like you have a lot of options with the AFC North. We didn't even mention Baltimore there as a team that might come out. But very quickly back to your Browns point because don't you know, Michael? I mean, don't you know that the national narrative now? Is that it's Baker Mayfield holding back Odell Beckham Jr. just like Eli Manning did in Shocking. New York? It's never, it's never Odell Shocking. Beckham Jr. It's always the quarterback. So now the problem in Cleveland, Michael, it's the quarterback. It's Baker Mayfield. He can't lead them to victory. And I just go, if they just run the ball, Baker doesn't have to be Superman, to your point. If the defense plays well yeah, and the running the game goes. The problem is with that, Dave, the problem with that narrative is simply this. At the end of the game, at the end of the game, when he had a chance, to lead them back in the two-minute drill, yeah, he was gone. I mean, he's throwing checkdowns. I mean, the, the the reality of the game is is that Kevin Stefanski has done a brilliant job of hiding the deficiencies of Baker Mayfield, mm. which are, one of them is he can't see. Oh. He can't see in a drop-back pass game. The, the, he can't see guys Too short. open down the field. Too short. Yeah. Why, why he's in play action, booting and naked. Why do you think they do that with him all the time? The number one thing he said when he played at Oklahoma, when he returned to the huddle was simply this. I can't see. I didn't see you. I didn't see you. Now I wouldn't pay him 45 million. The Browns probably will. But to me, he is the guy that does hold them back. Wow. He holds them back when it becomes a drop back pass game, when they have to throw the ball at the end of the game and they've got to come back and win it. And you can't run, fake the handoff, throw the curl, fake the handoff, throw the crosser. When he can't, when he has to do it from the pocket, then it's a problem. It's it is fascinating because again, it, I, I never think about that. And as a short guy, I should. I can't even hold the football, let alone <laughs> throw it like Baker Mayfield's being asked to do. Let's go to the NFC here, Michael, because uh, obviously you know me. I'm a little bit biased when it comes to my Cowboys, and I look at the odds in the NFC. And if you want to say the NFC East can represent. Uh, you in the Super Bowl. Well, that's the longest odds in the board at plus 475. But you really got one shot at this because I don't think Danny Dimes and the Giants are yeah. making a run, Washington football team, and certainly not sold on the Eagles. So even though it's the longest shot on the board, do I have a shot if I back the NFC East or should I just back the Cowboys? You should just back the Cowboys. I think you should back the Cowboys. And and, I, and I'm not sure the West now is as strong as we first thought it was. Oh. Yeah, the Rams and the Cardinals are good, but Seattle, we're going to go four weeks with Geno Smith. You know, I mean, we can get John Oates to play Geno the manager when he comes in the game, but I don't know if it's going to work for him. You know, we make John Oates a star on this show, but, you know, I can't go for Geno Smith that, and thinking he's going to take him somewhere. And then, you know, uh, the San Francisco, where are they? Mm. You know, where are they? I, I don't know. And the North... I, the the Vikings have a could have, the Vikings easily could be five and zero, oh, but yeah. they also could be three and two. I mean, they've lost some close games, you know. So no one else is coming from the north. The south, it, it, do you think anybody's coming from the south other than the Bucks? Do you think the the Saints have enough juice? The Panthers? I don't think so. You know, I mean, not to get to the Super Bowl, right? Right. Not to get to that upper echelon. That's what we're talking about. And, and that's the thing here when I look at this and I go, you're basically going on value. So I understand the NFC West. The idea is that we've got more opportunities to get those teams in the Super Bowl, hence the, the smallest odds at plus 150. But really, to your point, I think they really only have two at this juncture because I'm with you. Seattle, without Russell Wilson for an extended period of time, good luck. And San Francisco looks like a train wreck trying to figure out how to get their offense going and which quarterback to play. So it comes down to the Cardinals. So I got to be honest with you, Michael, at 5-0, and and I know they're the darling right now, I just don't buy in. I, I just don't think that, that that team is a Super Bowl team yet. Defensively, they've gotten better, so I like them. But the Rams still feel like the best value if you're picking a team from the NFC West. But the South at plus 190, 
screams to me Tampa Bay, right? It's just like it's it just seems Tampa Bay all the way, right? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't Tampa seem anything else but Tampa Bay. That's it, you know. And we know Tampa's going to get healthy on defense, and the way they've been on offense, even without Gronk. I mean, they put forty-five on him without Gronk last week. And Brady was sensational. And as long as that offensive line stays healthy, I don't think Brady's going to have any issues throwing the football. I don't either. And again, in the North, and look, my Bears fans, they, they're not going to like me and they're going to revoke my Chicago card when I say this. But, you know, at three and two, I think they're a bit fugazi here. I don't really buy they in. Are. They are. Right? I mean, I mean, they are. I mean, they won a game with 111 yards passing against, look, that Raider game, Ugh. that you know, we understand what was going on there. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't need to keep beating that up. I mean, we know what's going on there, and it wasn't good. No, and that's why I think the Packers in the North, if you're going to back the North division, you're getting plus 450. But to your point about the Cowboys at plus, or the NFC East at plus 475, you might just want to go individual teams because it feels like there's only one trick pony in the North, and that's 12 and Aaron Rodgers, one trick pony in the East, and that's Dak Prescott, number four, in, in Dallas. So instead of taking these odds here for winning uh, to get there, I, I think you go individual team. Now, if you, again, the West, if you're a believer in Arizona, I am not. And maybe that I'll look foolish at the end of the day saying this. But that might be the only division if you – because I do believe in the Rams. I believe their defense at some point has got to play better, Michael. Right? Their, their defense has – They're not good on defense right now. They're not good on defense right now. They're not. I mean – you know, and, and and that's going to be the Achilles heel. They're just not good enough on defense. Yeah, don't get me started on, you know, because everybody told me Aaron Donald's the best defensive football player they've ever seen in their life. I love Aaron Donald. He's great. He's got to be better. Jalen Ramsey, you're great. you got to be better. You've got two elite players on the defense, Michael, and they're not playing like an elite defense. We're going to talk more nope. individually uh, on some games coming up on Sunday, including the Chiefs and the Washington football team. i got to pick your brain on that. Come on back. It is the Lombardi Line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN. 